0: Talks with Dr. Alice and Donovan. Dr. Alice Fong is a holistic, naturopathic doctor and founder of Amore de Sois Wellness, and Donovan Jensen is a software engineer and founder of HowToHappy.com. Together, they're out to cause more happiness in the world.
1: Hi, everyone. Welcome to Happy Talks. Today, we're going to talk about what you can do when other people's anxieties and frustrations are dumped on you. Because that happens a lot, especially right now, a lot of people are experiencing a lot of stress and fear, and that can manifest in a lot of negative ways. So I'm curious, Donovan, what are your thoughts about what you can do when people are kind of dumping their fears and anxieties and frustrations on you?
0: Yeah. So, you know, as with a couple other topics uh, we've touched on, it kind of depends on which situation we're talking about, right? Right. So uh, I think the one that I'm going to start with that makes the most sense is like, people you are actually close to, cause I think that's most of what causes a lot of problems. So mm-hmm. it's really easy and really common to get sucked up into the problems of those around you, right? When, you, you know, if you're living with someone and they're really stressed out and having a bad day, mm-hmm. I'm sure you've had this experience. Like you can come in and be like, oh, I'm in such a good mood. And then all of a sudden it's like, and that entire like energy is sucked out of the room. Mm-hmm. And obviously it kind of works both ways. Um, Whoever has, you know, a certain, I don't know, power of energy or like the type of energy they're bringing into the interaction can, can bring people up or down, but it really comes down to recognizing, I think when this is happening, like when you're allowing someone else's mood to suck you in. And I do think it it varies based on the person. Like I know for me personally, I very easily go into other people's mood. Like it's very, very much, I'm very influenced by the way other people mm-hmm. feel. So the, the first piece um, for me to deal with that type of thing is recognizing when it's happening, right? So like if I'm in a good mood and I come in and somebody else is having a bad time and then all of a sudden I start feeling really bad, mm-hmm. recognizing that I'm taking their energy and their mood and, and letting that dictate my mood mm-hmm. is where I start. And then from there, it really depends on, the context of the situation, right? So if they're having a bad time because of something that's completely out of my control and has nothing to do with me, and maybe they're always like that. I don't don't know, I have to fill in some of the details to get like a little bit more color on this. But, you know, maybe I distance myself from that person until they come back into uh, the right type of mood. Or if it's, you know, somebody that historically I've been able to like help in some way, like, if advice is useful for them, or that's the kind of relationship we have, then we can, I can move into that type of thing, right? And instead of, you know, oh, you feel down, I'm just going to let that ruin my day too. I can kind of help guide them a little bit more towards, hey, what can you do to solve this? Or what can we do to solve this type of thing? So I know that's not super specific because it really just depends on the situation, But I think, again, that very, very first piece is just noticing when someone else's mood is influencing my mood, and then trying to make decisions on what to do after that. I'd be curious what your thoughts are.
1: Yeah, no, I I agree on, you know, it's really easy to get sucked into the negative cloud that people have sometimes, and it's just like, you're happy and going along your day, and then their, like, dark cloud is just, like, raining on you, and... For me, what I have to realize is they're, you know, throwing insults or just being like really grumpy at me to be like, it actually, what helps me is like, it has nothing to do with me. I might've said like, oh, you left the toilet seat up or something, something simple or, oh, you left this dish out. Why didn't you wash it? And it's just something liney. And if they get upset with me or lash out at me or whatever, it's, you know, it's their stuff that they're dealing with. Maybe something major happened that day, and they're just really on edge. And I have to be present in that, like, it doesn't mean I'm a terrible person, or <laughs> that I, that I a, a nag or anything. It's just, you know, they're reacting, and it, it has nothing to do with me. That's That's the big thing that I like to kind of focus on, which is hard when they're, like, really having at it. And I think as far as what I would do the next steps past giving up that it doesn't have anything to do with me, they're just reacting, is to just stay present to my body. And am I breathing? Am I getting like worked up myself? I can recognize when I'm feeling triggered myself and that might make me wanna like spew out some poison and (laughs) some mean comments back, but just being like, okay, breathe and this has nothing to do with me what what another thing that can help is you know what what outcome do i want for the situation yeah we can like get into each other and just escalate it or do i want to kind of resolve it and maybe me being calm versus being snippy back might make a difference in helping that person calm down or maybe not but it doesn't it doesn't really matter it's really like can i stay calm when they're acting frustrated or, <laughs> saying, yeah, yes,
0: yeah, and I think that goes back to um, like what I was saying, just really recognizing that point where mm-hmm. their mood is kind of like how it's impacting you, right like for me, the, at least the earlier that I can get a hold of that, the earlier that I can like you were kind of talking about, get some clarity on like, mm-hmm. okay, what do I want this interaction to feel like, or what is going on here? Like, what is the root of the way this person is acting? You know, there are certain times when people are frustrated or down or whatever else and lash out in a way that even if it seems personal, like you are saying, it's probably not, especially if it's these closer relationships with people that we actually care about and know and see on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Generally, we're not trying to treat the people that we enjoy in negative ways, mm-hmm. but, it happens when other things are going on. So when you can kind of, like you were saying, unravel a layer and see like, okay, I may be getting this sort of treatment. I may be getting kind of this frustration from this other person or they're projecting anxi- their anxiety onto me in a way that's unpleasant. Mm-hmm. That doesn't necessarily mean that they're frustrated with me at the core. They may be in the moment, but yeah. not necessarily as a whole, as uh, my value as a person, right? They're not seeing me as like, okay, now I'm sick of you, and I don't like you anymore. Mm-hmm. But potentially, there is one thing, maybe that is related to like something you did, but not who you are as a person. And then again, not something that is going to be a permanent type of thing.
1: Right? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. I mean, just thinking of when someone cuts you off in traffic and I, I admit I get angry <laughs> in the moment sometimes but it's just when I take a step back and reflect I'm like you know they aren't necessarily trying to piss me off maybe they are I don't know but it's kind of also being if someone's reacting at me and their intention is probably not to be an asshole <laughs> Oh, or maybe it is, but we don't know that. It's just like they're dealing with whatever they're dealing with, and they're stressed or scared or, or whatever that might be.
0: Yeah, and I don't know how much you've had this experience. Probably though, there's been many times where both in close and in uh, mm-hmm. far relationships where people come with this kind of like aggressive or frustrated or anxious or whatever, some sort of negative energy, mm-hmm. and my gut reaction is like you're saying, to react to that and and feedback out the same type of thing. Like, why are you being such an asshole to me? What did I do? Like, what's wrong with you? You know, like some sort of escalation of things. <laughs> yeah. But there's many instances, especially when I got tuned into it, where if I meet that negative energy mm-hmm. with something positive or accepting or some something else besides another negative emotion, that something nice comes out of it. So one of the big switches for me is on my other YouTube channel, I got really negative comments. I still get them. But I used to fight with the person and just fight and fight and fight and fight. and fight. Like, no, why are you saying that? Like, that's completely wrong. This is the thing. This is how it works. Oh, really? That's what you believe? Like, and when I acted that way, it would just feed mm-hmm. you know, more and more into this conflict and this energy.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then at some point, you know, I read a book or something, something happened that changed kind of my perspective on those things. And instead of meeting that negative energy with more negative energy, I've started just asking questions, you know, like, Mm -hmm. Hey, this thing sucks and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay, what do you think could change for it to be better? Or like some, something like that. That's like a lot more open and softer. And so many times after that initial frustrated, anxious, whatever, Mm -hmm. and then seeing that softer energy come back at, at them. Right people flip around completely. It's so surprising how quickly so many people just switch their stance. There's been many multiple instances of people going like, oh yeah, so uh, I guess what I was asking was this, sorry. Like, it's, it's crazy because I feel like it's a natural, it's such a natural reaction. At least for me, I don't know how it is for other people, but it's such a natural reaction. to. Why did you say that? Like That is wrong. That is for sure wrong.
1: Inaccurate. All right. Yeah.
0: But just this small tweak of noticing as early as I can and then trying to meet it with something a little bit more accepting and open. Mm -hmm. Not even necessarily positive in terms of like, oh, you said that thing, but I'm going to take it as this nice thing. But just asking questions, like giving the person more space and saying like, listen, I'm listening to the idea you're trying to communicate the way you're doing it may not be awesome, but I'm going to, I'm going to open up. And instead of take your tone, I'm going to take your your message and what you're trying to get across with the tone in mind as well Mm -hmm. and see where this conversation can go from there. And for me, having that tool has opened up a lot more for me in terms of being able to work through some of these situations.
1: Yeah, no, I definitely think that I've done that practice too, where, you know, just being curious and not reactive, asking questions to really get where they're at, to listen, to understand, you know, why, what is it that's causing them to be this way? Really? Like what, what happened that like, yeah. And you discover some really interesting things and One thing that I I realize is if I'm reacting back versus to their reaction and it escalates, nobody is listening to each other. But you take a moment to step back and listen and ask questions and be curious. That can really shift the dynamic of where that ends. And yeah, in a giant fight like make all the difference really. Mm -hmm.
0: I feel like it really catches people off guard because it's uncommon. I know like when it happens to me, when I'm coming in with some kind of like frustrated, right, high energy anger type stuff. And and Mm -hmm. the other person on the other end is like, okay, I heard this part. What else are you trying to tell me? Yeah. There's only so long that I can like before
1: before, all that
0: all the emotion is vented out. And I'm like okay yeah I feel better now I can have a normal conversation (laughs) and then you know a lot of times and I'm sure this is what it's like on the other end but a lot of times I'm like what just happened like I was just completely hijacked Mm -hmm. by my emotion around whatever thing or whatever this other event is or my anxiety about this totally unrelated thing like I let this pressure build up and Mm -hmm. vented it out this way
1: right
0: and that's Again, not something that I, I feel like is super common, but when it does happen, it's just like, Ooh, I really need to slow down. This is really nice. Every once in a while, it'll be like, I don't know why you're asking me these questions, blah, 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 blah. But still, that softer energy, always the, the turnaround in terms of coming down, like venting off all those emotions and just coming back to like a pace of calm.
1: Oh, yeah. And I do try to practice. I'm not always successful at it, but I try to practice it. And when I'm reacting and, you know, sometimes I can be a bitch occasionally when I'm like in a mood. I'm I'm human too. But when I think about them responding and they're defensive of whatever I said and being like, oh, you didn't take out the trash. And then they're like, well, you didn't ask me to. So how am I supposed to (laughs) react? How that could escalate? And Going back and kind of coming back into my body, into my mind, and what what do I want to accomplish? I think about like, oh, if if that person were to be like, why is taking out the trash important to you? <laughs> that just like de-escalate <laughs> the whole situation very quickly. Or you know, you seem upset. What's really bothering you? And I would just be like, <laughs> I'd have to pause and think about it. <laughs> what am I upset about? Because I don't know, yeah. And I, I don't I experience the, that frequently. Yeah, what were you saying?
0: Uh, I was just saying, I think one of, that's one of the nice things about questions or one of the things mm-hmm. that makes them useful is mm-hmm. that when you're in a high emotional state, you can end up just in this like, yeah. this, this path of mm-hmm. these things that you have to say. Right. And when you get a question, it forces your brain to take some time to try to answer it, mm-hmm. right? Just naturally, when you get a question, So depending on what the question is, if it's, you know, soft and open, then it forces your brain to go, okay, what do I actually care about? What is important here? Like you were saying, and getting your mindset just shifted a couple inches can make a huge difference in terms of feeding those emotions or letting them kind of get vented out and then relax.
1: Right. Yeah. And one thing that just made me think of an incident where my roommate was kind of like spewing all this garbage and just ranting and venting and all of that. And I was just like, being with it, however it came. And then he was about to like storm off to his room. And I said, as he was storming off, and I was like, so do I get to say anything in response? (laughs) That's all I said, do I get to say anything? Or are you just gonna just attack me and then just leave? And that kind of like stopped him to come back into the conversation and actually like listen to what I had to say. (laughs) And I was like, wow, I get, this is your perspective of what happened. And this is what was happening over here. And I didn't mean to offend you or, you know, that wasn't my intention. This is what happened for me. And I, you don't have to believe me, but, you know, (laughs) give me an opportunity to explain my side. If you're willing to, if you want to have a civil conversation.
0: (laughs) And I think that, points to a little bit something that's also useful, which is when it's these relationships that aren't, you know, just complete strangers, mm-hmm. we actually have a chance to, to kind of test out things and see what works for that person, right? Like getting an idea of the types of tools and the types of ways that we can approach problems that actually mm-hmm. work can, can really help. Because I could see, you know, if, if, if it was just some random stranger, yeah. like asking a question like that at that point. Mm-hmm. may not have been helpful, right? It could have been a different type of person who like got even more escalated for that type of question. So I think it it touches on another point, which is you have a chance to kind of play around with different ways mm-hmm. of de-escalating things or different ways of opening up the conversation. And the ones that work will probably continue to work. And as you learn about someone else and kind of the things that set them off or when they're in a certain mood, the ways to, kind of work through that. I think you get a lot more power in being able to kind of manage things Mm -hmm. so that the outcomes are closer to reasonable.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. And when you, I, just to add in there, what, when you actually try to listen to understand and, and validate their perspective, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe his perspective was like, I was being super offensive or whatever by what I said or did, even though that wasn't my intention, but me trying to understand what action had him feel so offended and really looking at it from his perspective and being like, okay, I can see that, you know, if you're viewing this perspective from your limited perspective of the situation and I could see why you might think that was, offensive to you. And again, to clarify, I wasn't intending that, but I can understand why that occurred to you in that way. And I think by validating your perspective, not being like, you're wrong, my right, right, which I think is what causes so many different conflicts. It's like, you're wrong. My perspective is clearly the truth and the reality of the situation. You're you're just wrong. <laughs> that doesn't really help calm the situation down, but just really trying to like, listen to get why they are reacting in the way that they're reacting can make a difference.
0: Yeah. I think you touched on something super important, which is the validation piece, because I think a lot of time, what escalates, like you were saying, that gets emotions higher and higher, higher is two people feeling like they're not listening to each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And most people's default tool, mine included, when I'm, when I don't catch myself right. is to push harder, <laughs> yeah, push your point down. But, like, you don't understand. So now I'm gonna yell it, I'm right. it in your face. <laughs> right. and then you'll get it. That's the way that you will understand what I'm saying louder. <laughs> so I think that's a really, really important point. Even if you don't agree mm-hmm. yeah, with the situation yeah. or the interpretation or what's happening, mm-hmm. there's no reason not to validate the position. Mm-hmm. Right. Even if they seem completely wrong,
1: exactly. If
0: you just say, Oh, you're wrong. That's. Yeah. That will burn up and escalate things so quickly. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think that is an extremely important piece that, that applies to all kinds of different situations, but just that small validation piece. And it doesn't have to be an agreement. It can just be, okay. I heard mm-hmm. that you're frustrated because I did this. Mm -hmm. That's it. And then you can, you can say something else, whatever else, but just knowing that you've been heard Mm -hmm. most of the time, or at least a lot of the time, de-escalates things. Absolutely. There's
1: no wrong or right perspective. It's just, there are like facts, but then there's all this perspective that we tend to add or interpretation that we add to the facts and that's where it gets really messy and it doesn't have to be that way.
0: Yeah so there is one more uh, little piece that I wanted to touch on which is uh, we've kind of been talking about like a whole bucket of emotions mm-hmm. together mm-hmm. Um, in terms of like an- anxiety, frustration, yeah. uh, I guess those are the two main that we've touched on. Yeah. Um, I kind of wanted to separate them out just a little bit. Um, I do think that there's like some different ways to handle the different emotions. Mm. So what we've been talking about is probably a very strong way to resolve frustration type emotions. Mm. I want to kind of move into like the anxiety pieces. Mm. Um, And there's a couple things that came to mind as we were talking, which uh, the experiences I've had with people with anxiety is what will happen is instead of, you know, directing some sort of negative energy at me, Mm -hmm. there's some other sort of thing that needs to happen. So for example, uh, I don't know, you need to go to the doctor and Mm -hmm. you've had this cough for three months and you need to go. And you know, somebody has anxiety around like, I don't, I don't Mm -hmm. want to do that. I think for that specific emotion and and that kind of bleeding over onto me, Mm -hmm. the thing that I found most useful is kind of a, a couple different exercises that ground the person closer. So for example, one, one technique um, is kind of working out the actual worst case scenario, right? Because a lot of times the actual worst case scenario is really manageable. Right. Um, so, you know, for that doctor example, like the actual worst case scenario, I, I guess, would be something along the lines of you go there, you find out you have some horrible disease, and that's mm-hmm. what's been causing your cough. Right. But given that that's the worst case scenario, like that's information you need to be able to make choices and either fix whatever's going on or manage it or do something about it. Well, the alternative is all of a sudden something just shows up and you're like extremely sick. Right. So that's one tool that I've found to be helpful when other people's anxiety is kind of getting really Mm -hmm. high. There's a a lot of other ones that doesn't work for everyone because sometimes people figure out the worst case scenario and then just hyper focus on that, which again, it goes back to kind of knowing who you're, are around and what types of things work for them but that's one that I've seen some success with
1: Mm -hmm. I could see the benefit of that although I'm just kind of thinking as far as like because I see a lot of people with anxiety and health conditions (laughs) and sometimes they go to like more extremes beyond a cough like what if this is cancer (laughs) what if I'm dying what if like all of that can really be and it's like how do you interact with that when it's not, I mean, it's maybe a tiny, itty bitty, tiny, itsy bitsy chance. But when they go to like those extremes, it's like, what do you do about that?
0: <laughs> well, I think that's another uh, scenario that it's actually useful to talk about, which yeah. is another thing that I've seen work is mm-hmm. actually kind of talking through probabilities or thinking through probabilities. Like what is the chance of this mm-hmm. actually happening? Because for sometimes the worst case scenario, you do that that exercise and you end up with like, if I go out to this thing, to this event, the mm. worst case is I don't like it. And I go home. That's really not that bad. But for, you know, like what you were talking about, what I've seen some success with is, is probabilities, right? So, Oh, I have a very small cough. I'm probably going to die. And it's like, okay, out of the times that anyone has coughed ever mm. out of the times that you've coughed in your life, what are the chances? What are the odds that this is something life-threatening? And it doesn't work for everyone because some people have a hard time, like, grounding into, you know, kind of, like, numbers and analytics and stuff. But for other people, it's really helpful to say, like, okay, this is a .001 chance. Right. That's one out of, I don't know, a million. I don't think that math is right, but that's fine. (laughs) You know, so, like, that's something that I've seen um, some success with for those scenarios where it's overly worrying about something that is extremely unlikely to happen is actually thinking about and trying to get as concrete as possible. Like what does one in a million mean? How many people have you met in your life? Okay. So one of those people, not that you even know, but that you've seen, that's the odds.
1: Right. Although <laughs> I also have like a very anxious partner who's an engineer (laughs) he's just wanting to rule out all like even the tiniest possibilities of everything really it's like he's afraid to go to I don't know if I mentioned this before to go to the gas station too frequently because maybe the last person he could still wear gloves and his mask but maybe the last person had COVID and has left it those droplets in the air Mm -hmm. and he could like pull up and breathe in (laughs) those. at the gas station so I'm like I guess that's maybe a tiny, tiny chance that could happen but are you gonna stop getting gas because of that really yeah so
0: and I think that goes back to uh, another tactic that I've found some success with which is kind of weighing out the Mm trade-offs so it's kind of like okay, so maybe we've won over the odds for like, how likely is that really to actually happen? What are the chances of that? And then what are you giving up? You know, so like, yeah. what, what are you paying to avoid this amount of risk, right? Cause like every activity has some amount of risk of something. Exactly. So, and again, I'm very analytical. So it's like way more on the analytical side cause that's what works for me, but it's about weighing, okay here's this 0.01% chance. Mm -hmm. And here's the thing, like, okay, if I don't get gas, I can't go anywhere. So like is never being able to go anywhere worth the cost of this very small chance of getting sick. Right. And a lot of times for me, at least once I am able to kind of like, see the two options in front of me, because, because what happens, I'm hyper-focused on here's a very small chance of this bad thing. And I don't want that. Mm-hmm. But it's not calculating, okay. But every choice is like a different mix of risks. Mm-hmm. So there's a cost to not doing it. Mm-hmm. So, a lot of times for me, at least, when I see both of them side by side, instead of just the one, like, I don't want to get in a car crash. And it's like, yeah, but you need to go places. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. So, and then, yeah. I mean, a car accident's likely, but the thing is, it's just like, it's funny because a lot of people are more afraid of flying you're more likely to get in a car accident than like a plane crash <laughs> but I don't always feel like people are rational <laughs> when it comes no. to fears so hmm.
0: yeah that's I don't know why economics has that as the basis that people are rational because it doesn't that's okay. not true even if you look into psych for three seconds you'd be like eh, I don't know about rational <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah
0: But uh, I think just as I'm spouting off a bunch of things about anxiety that I found useful, another one is to kind of recognize what the experience will be like in terms of anxiety. So I guess I have had a lot of experiences where I would go, oh, I feel anxiety, so now I'm not going to do this. Mm -hmm. And switching my mindset around a little bit to I'm going to feel anxiety. This is not representative of the risks that I'm going into. Like I'm gonna have to deal with this feeling. It's gonna be here, and I'm going to not want to do this thing. Uh, like for me, I get like social anxiety, right? So I I don't want to go to this party, and I feel a lot of fear around it. But knowing and just accepting that that feeling is going to be part of the experience or part of what I'm going to do, the activity, right. has helped me at least. I don't know. I feel like some control over the situation, even though the emotions don't line up in the way that I want. Like I, what I want is to just feel calm and go. Yeah. But knowing that some amount of anxiety is going to be present, Mm
1: -hmm. I can
0: prepare to like, okay, I'm going to feel this. Uh, I still think it's valuable. Like I've, I've weighed out the, the different options. I still think it's valuable to do this. Mm -hmm. So part of doing this is going to be me having to manage this feeling and not letting this feeling dictate, what i do because my more like analytical side has reasoned out that this feeling does not align with the best outcomes like if i listen to this i'm not doing the things that i want if i listen to this then like it's trying to warn me about something but the thing that this feeling is trying to warn me about is wrong right based on like you know i know the whole picture right so i just have to deal with it and move forward um that's helped some for me Mm-hmm. in situations where, you know, kind of, I know the structure beforehand, I know I'm going to feel anxiety, and I can at least mentally prepare, even if the feeling itself is uncomfortable, mm-hmm. I've already accepted that that's part of the activity.
1: Yeah. No, I, I think that's a really good way to look at it. And I think about, yeah, if, it's, if you can kind of like separate yourself out of what the outcomes are, like, really kind of going back to the worst case scenario like you going to that party yeah you feel anxious but it's not like you're gonna die at the party or something like that (laughs) Uh, so i think that that kind of helps like yeah to grow really you have to to grow in anything in life you have to be willing to be uncomfortable and or or you can choose to stay in your little bubble safety zone but then, you know, you're really limiting yourself of what could be possible for yourself. And then, you know, if you go to a party, maybe it's really awkward that first time, but then you go to another party the next week and you're feeling like, okay, that last party wasn't that terrible, but I think I can handle it. And you keep going to more parties and then you're like, oh yeah, I'm a party person now. <laughs> All of a sudden. So it's just like, you have to work through the discomfort. Like every time I I start up at a new gym. I'm kind of like intimidated and, oh, what are they going to think? I'm lifting baby weights. And are they really buff people out here? Can I really keep up with these people? And it's just like, yeah, I'm going to be able to lift what I can lift. And that's all that I could do. And I want to work out. I want to improve my health. And that's why I'm here. And it doesn't matter if people are lifting like five times what I'm lifting. (laughs) I'm just going to do what I can. And that kind of helps. And usually everyone's encouraging and not judgy. <laughs> me. It's just like in my head that they're like going to think poorly of me for some reason. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I think that's also super common is projecting out an experience. That does not map on to the reality at all. Like when I go to this party, what's gonna happen is I'm gonna walk in, everyone's gonna look at me, and they're all gonna start saying mean things to me. I'm gonna feel <laughs> terrible. you're gonna follow me when I leave and still be mean to me. Like obviously not that crazy, but like, you know, those are the types of projections that people have of like this is going to be so extremely unpleasant. Mm-hmm. And generally the most realistic case which is actually another thing that's useful is besides the very worst case scenario what's the most realistic case what is most likely to happen
1: Mm
0: -hmm. uh, can also help to resolve some anxiety but those are the things that like when you get your mindset switched into the right place Mm -hmm. it makes it so much easier to deal with and then pulling this all back to how this helps manage other people's anxieties and whatnot all these tools We're talking about them from first person because that's how we use them. But it can also be really helpful when you're feeling anxiety to have someone else just remind you of some of these things, some of these other reframes, some of these other ideas, and not every tool works perfectly for everyone. But a lot of times just going like, okay, so you're freaking out about flying. Mm -hmm. Remember, like driving is a lot more dangerous. You drive every day. For some people that might not work. But for other people, it might be like, okay, yeah, yeah, I can think of that. Or like, okay, you're going to fly. Anxiety is going to be part of that experience. That doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. Like, okay, yeah. You know, all these different tools and just kind of reminding other people. And again, it depends on the relationship. You need to like approach it softly. You need to make sure that they actually want your advice types of things. But this can help alleviate some of the anxiety that other people have around you so that you're not sucked in as much. And it also, at least for me, makes me feel a lot better because like when I see people kind of freaking out and I have no idea what to do, Mm -hmm. then it's more likely to affect me and make me start freaking out. So (laughs) knowing all these tools gives me a little bit more ability to manage some of the stuff going on around me.
1: Right, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree. And I think one thing I got out of that was just You know, if someone is dealing with stress or anxiety or or frustration or whatever it is, to kind of step back and kind of assess where they're at. Maybe they're not in a place to hear logic or reason, or maybe they are. Maybe that would make a difference for them and being like, okay, yeah, I probably am not going to get in a plane crash. Or maybe they just really need someone to like listen to them and be open and actively present with them. So it's just kind of gauging where they're at, what they need, or even asking like, what is it? that you need right now? (laughs) What would make a difference for you? It's like, I see that you're frustrated. I see that you're anxious. What can I do to help? (laughs) That might, and then they could tell you and maybe they just need to vent for like five minutes and you just like take it and just be like, okay. (laughs) Or maybe they just need to like chill out for a few minutes and be on their own. So kind of like, yeah, assessing, being flexible with what, what's going on with them and what they're needing in that moment.
0: Which that's probably one of the easiest tactics and often so Mm -hmm. overlooked, right? It's just asking people what they need. It goes back to that like soft open response to Uh, different types (laughs) of energy, but just like, okay, I see that you're feeling anxious. What do you need? It's so easy. It's so easy and so simple. And I know like for me and I'm sure everybody else, like I forget to do it so much. So often I'm just like, okay, this is what we got to do. But like, just asking, uh, I don't know, 70% of the time, the person is going to be like, this is what I need right now. And you can go like, oh, okay, here you go. Yeah. Another thing that I wanted to key off of that you were saying is uh, seeing kind of the level that people are at. Yeah. And I was thinking about, you know, I talked about all these like thinking analytical tools and stuff, mm-hmm. but there are some times when people are such high anxiety or so far in their heads that what they need is someone to help ground them in terms of like some mindfulness practice, right? Some mm-hmm. sort of like, hey. Let's just take a minute, like tune into your body. Those those types of practices, especially if you're at like, a high emotional level, some of those things can really help to just bring you down a couple notches by getting you out of your head even for a few minutes, just like slowing down those rapid fire. Like, what about this? What about this? This is going to be bad. This is going to be terrible. This is going to be terrible. So that's another thing that I thought of that, that could be helpful.
1: Yeah, definitely. For sure. Great. So I've, I feel like we've covered this, this topic quite a, a very wide spectrum of, of all the different ways that it could go and a lot of different tools that we can you know utilize when people are kind of spewing out their frustration or anger at you. So thank you for listening to this week's episode of Happy Talks with Dr. Allison Donovan.
0: We hope you got something of value to help bring a little more happiness into your life. What lesson or takeaway did you get from today's episode?
1: For more tips and tools, be sure to check out my website at DrAliceFong.com. And you can find me on my social media handles at DrAliceFong.
0: You can find me at HowToHappy.com and follow me on my social media handles at HowToHappy.
1: Catch Catch you next time. time.